I've never experienced an interview with a football manager uh, where somebody was like obviously showing they don't respect me or they because I'm a, a woman. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Bold Tackle. We are your hosts, Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard, and we are ready to tackle bold topic in sport, highlight the women's football industry, and speak about the unspoken. If you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us on our journey and listen in to The Bold Tackle. Hi and welcome back to a new episode of our podcast, The Bold Tackle. Hi Soph, lovely to have you here again. Hi Ali, nice to see you again. Back on the screen um, and we've got a special episode planned. Yeah, I'm back in the UK. I'm really excited about this episode. We have our first female host or co-host on the podcast and I'm, I'm really excited to hear some more about her. We spoke about media in the last episode and this is the industry she comes from. You know her a little bit better than I do. Do you want to introduce her? Yes, of course. Um, for everyone, uh, we've got Katharina Kleinfeld um, on the podcast today. She's really on top of her game. Um, I've known Kata for ages. I guess we haven't seen each other in ages as well. Um, but hi, Kata. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm very excited to be here. Uh, and to be honest, yeah, I mean, it's been years, Sophie. I don't know how many, but I'm very excited to see you again. Yeah, it definitely has been years. I think the last time I saw you, I was in Germany for Christmas and you were covering a handball game, Yeah, I think. And, and I yeah, saw you... So at least, I don't know, like five to eight years or something. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So for everyone that doesn't know, Kata is the TV presenter for Sports One. Uh, she used to work, work for Sky Sports, but made the switch, um, I think, in July in 2023. Yes, this um, summer. Mm-hmm. My, yeah, my big question, Kata, is first of all, why did you want to become a TV, TV presenter or what motivated you to, to get, I guess, involved in this, in this um, job? Uh, first of all, I think um, it was whenever we were um, playing soccer. You say soccer, right? No, football? We say, we say football, but football. everyone will okay. know. Don't worry. <laughs> the yeah. Americans will be cheering. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, I used to live in, in the US for a couple of months, so that's why I'm always saying soccer. Okay, we, we call it football here. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, also because of uh, the time I played football, um, that was when I got interested into the sports, not because of my family, because my dad... And neither my mom uh, is a football fan, so <laughs> it's, that's not the reason why I wanted to um, to go that step and to uh, to get a TV presenter. And first of all, it was not um, wanting to be a presenter either. So I just wanted to be a sports journalist, and um, I decided to um, to study this because it was very practical so because uh it was either sports journalism or um psychology (laughs) (laughs) could have been psychology as well but i was like no i want to do something which is very practical and um yeah where you can uh, i don't know how to say that to to learn really the craft 
the skills, yeah. And um, and that was mainly why I wanted to, to study sports journalism, sports management. And while I was doing that in Berlin, um, we had this online sports um, broadcasting thing called Hauptstadtsport TV. Uh, that's where I learned all my skills and where I could uh, fail, where I could, uh, yeah, um, try out a couple of things and, um, yeah, also try out how to to be a presenter and somebody was like okay you you are doing good and i'm like okay <laughs> let's <laughs> try your talent <laughs> yeah so, so how would you define your role now because we've seen you on the pitch uh, doing interviews we've also seen you on tv being a presenter how would you define your job today uh, today it's it's really mainly um presenting so um, I have two main jobs right now at sport one uh, first of all it's presenting the um, the Saturday night games in the second Bundesliga the top games uh, which I love very much uh, so last last weekend it was um, the HSV against Magdeburg and so I, I really love these games because you have you have big stadiums Right now in the second Bundesliga, you have a lot of very uh, traditional clubs. You have big clubs there, which is fun <laughs> compared to the <laughs> Bundesliga. If you have games like, oh, well, I'm not going to name them, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll get in trouble. <laughs> you could have uh, you have you can have games which are not that exciting compared to the second yeah. Bundesliga. I think you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's one of my main jobs right now. And the second main job... Just quickly, before yeah. you go to the second one. So you you moderate the games or yeah. you present them on TV? I'd say hosting is the right word. I mean, yeah. you, you, can, you can tell me if it's not. Um, so like one hour before the game starts, we start with our show uh, on the pitch. So I have my expert right beside me. In this case, it was Martin Hanik, who used to be a HSV player. And um, so we started talking about the game. Then we have the coaches uh, at our table, talk to them about the game. And uh, right before the game starts, um, I'll give back to my commentator. So he's doing the uh, yeah commentating thing. Or, do you say moderating? No, commentating is probably the better word. We struggle with our words as well <laughs> at times. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's that's my job on uh, in these Saturday night games, and I really enjoy doing that. That's that's basically what I love the most, I guess. Yeah. And the second, the second part of your job um, is the doppelpass. I don't know if you if you know the the talking round. Um, I mean, it's uh, very common in Germany everybody knows it and there Florian König is the main host and I do the co-hosting which is um, yeah most of the time doing some little interviews with guests there um, starting a conversation um, yeah it, it's just like little parts but being part of the, the whole uh, talking round so is the Saturday night Saturday night stuff, is that your game day? Is that what you look forward to most throughout the week? Yeah, I can see it in your smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. 
I really enjoy doing that. It's so much fun being uh, yeah. on the pitch and really uh, looking into people's eyes. It's a, a big difference um, as we do it right now. We're looking into a, a camera on the screen. Yeah. On the screen. That's way different uh, to really sitting in front of each other or uh, standing in front of each other and looking into their eyes and maybe having the chance also to uh, talk to them before the interview, you know, to see mm. how are they feeling right now? Um, what are are they up to? Um, is it okay if I'm, if I'm doing a joke or anything or not? So, yeah. Um, yeah. How important How important is research on that side? So before you go to those matches like Hartsfall against Magdeburg, how important is the research of the match and also the players and people you interview? Uh, it's very important, very important. Um, research is all, basically, uh, all of my preparation, and so, sometimes it's it's a lot. So um, I prepare quite a lot. I'm a preparation uh, nerd, I guess. Um, <laughs> but you usually you only use, I don't know, 40% of it. Uh, so, yeah, you don't really need everything. But if you if it gives you the feeling of, okay, I can handle everything, what could happen, um, then I'm, then this is how I can be uh, best. So yeah, that's how I would describe it. It's that human connection we talked about earlier, isn't it? The human yeah. connection between you as a presenter or moderator and your guests, so they feel comfortable that they trust you, that they can be honest. Because um, we in a previous episode spoke about media in, in women's football and kind of from an athlete perspective. And I will say in that I'm missing the emotion in interviews. Um, but that is based on myself as included. Sometimes I don't trust the people that are interviewing me. If I've never seen them before, I don't know what they're going to do with my words. So therefore it turns very matter of fact what people want to hear more than what I would like to say. I would probably, if we were having a coffee somewhere, probably I would say different things to you than if I don't know you and you're interviewing me. Is it something you've experienced? And is it how difficult is it if someone's really reserved to to lead an interview? It's very difficult, um, especially uh, in the Bundesliga and second Bundesliga where the players um, have their, I mean, people talk to them about what they can actually say or not. I don't know how about you Sophie uh, if if somebody of the club is going to be with you uh, on your side after the match and going to tell you okay you can say this that but don't say this <laughs> so that's how it is in uh, sometimes at least in the Bundesliga and the second Bundesliga and um, so th this is one part of the interview um, the players uh, are not free in, in terms of uh, what the club wants them to say and then They don't know me, as you said. They don't know what is she going to do, what is she going to ask. And yeah. um, if you see the players a couple of times, they maybe are going to trust you more uh, if they see, yeah. okay, she's not, she's not uh, itchy or whatever. I don't know. She's she's not trying to to um, fool around with me or um, yeah to to get just quotes. Um, yeah, you, you need to kind of uh, get a connection and and I have a feeling it's always also 
what type of person you are speaking mm. to as the sports, the athlete. Um, because you you have some players that don't care. They are just say what they really feel, but there's so few of them. And as soon as the media sees, oh, we have someone here who gives us emotions, they try to promote him more and then he gets held back by the club. And players who just stay calm and only say what the club or what's okay to say, then that's the people they send forwards. And me as well, Sophie said it as well, but the emotions are the nicest part of the interviews, yeah, but definitely. you get them so seldomly. Yeah, definitely. But um, I mean, it's, it's very difficult because on one side, on one hand side, we want exactly these interviews, emotional interviews. We want to see the person. Um, and on the other hand side, a lot of journalists, which is a pity, um, use these uh, these lines that people would say or the players would say and turn it around and yeah. you know um, go on to it and so the players um, will maybe not do it in the future again because yeah. their experience was okay if I opened up if I was emotional um, they used it but they didn't use it in the right way you you studied journalism didn't you what Did they teach you how to create headlines? And also, is it something like a moral codex to not do it? And maybe BC um, players would rather speak to you because they know you don't do that and you have that moral codex? Um, I'd say it's more of a character thing um, or a type thing. I'm not the type who is just up for lines. I mean, yes, you need to... Um, to ask questions where you could maybe get something which is, I don't know, um, yeah, which is interesting. But I'm not the type, I, which is what I say now, I could not um, work for Bild, you know, the, uh, the paper, the newspaper. I mean, they do really good job. Um, they are always on top of the uh, news. I mean, they always have the latest news. And they're the fastest. But if you need, if you're working for them, you need to be a, a certain type of a character. Yeah. And the moral standards are maybe a little bit different than my moral standards are. You get it, mm. right? So yeah. um, I think it's more of a character thing um, than actually of a club or um, um, philosophy of a of a. Uh, TV show. You've um, also obviously you've worked with a lot of male athletes. Not only football, you've covered handball. You also covered Wimbledon a little bit, didn't you? Yeah. Um, what is your biggest difference between interviewing a male athlete and a female athlete? Is there a difference? Would you pose your questions differently, or do you actually prepare the same way? Um, right now, I'd say in football, I don't have that much experience with uh, female football players, but yeah. uh, just just a little bit. But um, my experience was that the players are the, the male players are more experienced in doing interviews and um, giving answers. So even if they are phrases, they will probably talk a little bit more if they are more experienced and if you have less experienced female players, um, then you need to ask a couple more questions to, to get something. Uh, but it's yeah. just experience. It's not um, that they are better 
interview partners or something, the, the male yeah. ones. It's just how the experience is, thing. How is the women's sport, uh, maybe especially football, seen in the media industry? Because you were at Sky, um, who cover a lot of football, and now you're at um, Sport Eins and you focus entirely on, uh, on, on sport as well. Um, how, did, how does the media see the women's football? Because we obviously connected to Sophie, see it really growing fastly and, and seeing the change and now it's a professional sport. They don't need to work besides um, playing football. Is the media very hot on that topic or yes. are they still seen a little, little bit as the, the side game besides the men's football? It still is. Um, I don't know if this is ever going to change in Germany um, or even if there's a, a different sport which will uh, be bigger than, than football, male football in Germany. I don't know. <laughs> But um, female football is getting way bigger um, after the, the European Championship and the World Cup. Right now, I think three channels are covering the Monday night game of the um, female football Bundesliga and Sport One as well. So I think it's three channels right now, which is a lot for one game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, yeah. As, you, as you can see, uh, the channels are pushing the female football sport. Um, and it's, it's getting bigger. bigger. Um, I think it needs time, but it's, it's a good way. How would you say it, Sophie? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's definitely growing. Uh, we spoke about media last week and I said that is even growing. But in general, the sport is growing. The coverage is growing very slowly in the bigger picture. I think we are feeling that quite quick now. But if you think about how long football has been around, we're slowly growing. Um, I always mention this, but... Football was banned for 50 years. So we're trying to catch up these 50 years where it was banned. So that's why we're still behind. I agree with, I don't, I don't think, I'm comparing England and Germany now. I don't think the German women's football will ever be as big as the uh, men's football. I also think there's a lack of investment in Germany. And that is why the league is dropping behind a little bit. Um, if I compare it to the UK over here, um, especially the WSL in England, there is so much media coverage. Um, there's at least one or two games every weekend where they do the pitch side, what you were speaking about, the Saturday night games. Um, that's not a normal thing in Germany, I feel like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's growing so much quicker over here because there's not only the interest, but the investment mainly. Yeah, I can I cannot really compare because um, I'm not seeing how it is in the UK. Uh, I'm just uh, yeah hearing what you're saying, but uh, it's getting bigger, bigger. But I don't know if it could um, get more uh, investment. Um, probably you're right. I can't really tell actually. You can compare the men's on that side as well because you always see it and and you hear about it most when there's a transfer windows but how mm. much money flows into the game oh, in the yes. UK and that doesn't mean they that's a good business probably Germany's a better business than the UK on the men's side but I think you can see the same thing in women's football there's just more investment more money spent although the revenues are not there yet they don't get the money in because you can see how many people are at the games you can see how many kits are being bought you can see how much mm. TV coverage paid TV coverage there is so you can watch all the matches on the FA player but 
you don't really have to pay to watch matches at the mm. moment. And maybe when that comes, the UK will be earning a little bit more money than Germany, but um, you can see the, the investments. Are people willing to, to pay money f to see uh, women's football? No. Not yet. I, I, um, I would not say a, so. There's a few games on Sky, and obviously if you don't have Sky, you won't be able to watch them. Um, I don't know if people pay specifically, um, but the good and the bad thing almost, the good thing is there's the FA player where every game is shown, so everyone's got access, so it increases visibility. I think it's similar to Magenta Sport, um, where they have the rights, but the FA player is just free. So even Oli can watch my game. He watched my game last night. So that's quite nice because it increases visibility. They don't make money from that, though. Mm. But it's yeah. a good step, yeah. a good first step. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think I always uh, look at the league in, in Spain where um, people are saying, why don't we get the fans? And I'm like, and they are selling out stadiums. They've got like 70, 90,000. But they're investing first before they get the revenue back. Mm. And I understand that that sometimes is a tricky bit business but we have to invest first to then bring back the money that we've invested in the end because we're speaking about men and women here in, in football can we talk about your job again because you've gone into an industry which is very male dominated mm -hmm. as well how <laughs> difficult was it for you to get where you are now and how difficult is it also to man maintain that position and get into those co-hosting roles maybe hosting role in the future um, actually, I don't feel like it was very hard. Um, but it, whenever I talk about it and whenever people are like, okay, it's a male-dominated um, area where you live and where you work at, um, then I feel like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, but I, I can't really... Um, or well, it doesn't feel like it because it always used to be like that. I played football in... Well, with girls, yes, but we were surrounded by boys all the time. Then whenever I was studying, we were four girls and I think like 12 guys or something. So again, a lot of guys around me. And whenever I started working with 21, I think, um, there were always guys around me, always men. And so I just grew into that and learned how to deal with it, learned to be fast in my head, learned to you know, uh, give quick answers if they're, if they were pushing me or, you know, joking and yeah. you, you needed to step up and be fast. And that was, uh, practice. Like, um, it I prepared know, like, you for it prepared today. me. Yes. Yes, it really did. And I didn't really notice it until people were like, oh yeah, you're, you, you give quick answers and you're like, um, you're always there. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it just, it just came because, yeah, uh, that was just how I uh, learned it throughout the past years. And um, still, I think it's different than like 10 years ago, whenever uh, Jessica Kastrop or um, Esther Sedlacek or whoever, whenever they started working in this area, I think it was a little bit harder because there were uh, less female um, hosts. So, and it was a different time back then. 10 years ago mm -hmm. um, I think if you have uh, if you had a football manager uh, being an interview partner they would look differently at them than they do nowadays it, it really is different I think um, the acceptance is different I've never experienced an interview with a football manager uh, where somebody was like obviously showing they don't respect me or they because I'm a, a woman I've never experienced that I think 
10 days, uh, 10 days, 10 years ago, that was different. I think um, today it's, it's, it's getting a little uh, easier for us. Do you think it's also a case of in this in this instance to be prepared because maybe in the past people thought ah she didn't grow up with football she didn't play football like all the other people do or she didn't watch football and now she wants to be a tv presenter um do, do you think being this being prepared and you having played the sport from being little all the way up to to now where you're still in the sports area still interested in it that that also helped yes i think so i think so um Maybe. I can't really tell because uh, that, that was my journey and I, I don't have a different journey. Yeah. I don't have yeah. a different life, but I imagine it, it helped, yes. Be accepted um, and somehow, okay, she, she's not just doing it for the fame. Yeah. Well, I don't know if somebody's yeah. really doing that, but um, at least people are not saying that I'm doing it just for that. Yeah. Was that ever the case for you to, to be on TV, to be famous? Was that one of the reasons for you to go that path? Uh, it, it was not. It was not at first. As I said, I didn't really want to be a, a TV presenter. I wanted to be a sports journalist. So I didn't really know where it was going. But yeah. uh, whenever I started this journey, I was like, okay, I like it. I like it very much. And I mean, I can't, um, I can't say I'm not enjoying it right now. I'm enjoying it very much. So... But not because I'm getting famous, really, no. <laughs> That's not the reason why. But because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And, I mean, it, it kind of uh, belongs to, to one another, I guess. But, yeah, I, I would not say I'm doing it because of the fame. <laughs> no. You know me. I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, not at all. I think, I, I think we can hear now, Ollie, how passionate you are about your job. I think how much you just enjoy your life. And you are allowed to enjoy your life and you're allowed to enjoy your job and your job is on telly. That doesn't mean you are striving just to get more followers and be famous. By the way, everyone follow Kata Kleinfeld on Instagram. <laughs> 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 I'll put the link on my story later. <laughs> um, but I can just tell how passionate you are. You know, you, you love your job and you're allowed, you shouldn't shy away from that. And you mentioned earlier in one of your first experiences where you were allowed to fail, where you almost had to fail to be the best version you are now because you are at the top of your game in a male dominant world. And you said it like it, it wasn't hard, but you had to learn to react quickly and, and be, um, be ready for maybe comments that you had to deal with. Mm -hmm. So it, maybe it wasn't hard, but it was hard work. Yes, because you don't work, get definitely. to where you are without putting the work in. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was a lot of work. Um, I'm used to to work at weekends and throughout the week as well, obviously. Uh, so I, whenever I worked for Sky, I always had six to seven day weeks, and uh, I mean, you have you have this slot during summer where you have a big summer break usually. But uh, throughout the year, you don't have you don't have weekends. I mean, you know it, Sophie. So yeah. you're not with your family. You're not with uh, friends when they celebrate uh, birthdays or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's a, a nice insight to get as well for the ending because we know that footballers train during the mornings and maybe in the afternoons they play on the weekends. But you don't really get a feeling of 
when TV presenters work because you see them on screen. But yeah. I, I said this before before today. I said, do we have to start at eight so we can so Kata can go to her job at nine to five? But so she doesn't have a nine to five. She works when she's needed. Yeah. What, what is your day to day work like? It um, it changed because uh, when I was uh, with Sky the past eight years, I was um, uh, I was how do you say that fully employed? Yeah, is that the word? Yeah. yeah. And now I'm self employed. Um, so my life changed when I changed the channel. Um, so yeah, life is different right now because I'm my own chef or my own boss, um, kind of. And so I, I can really do whatever I want to. But yes, if whenever I'm needed, I need to work. So Saturday nights, I'll be working. Uh, Sunday mornings with Doppelpass, I'm going to be working. Um, throughout the week, I can shift whatever I need to work for, <clears throat> uh, which is good because I'm, I'm trying to, <laughs> yeah, I mean, work-life balance, that's... You, you know the word, but <laughs> kind of I'm trying it. to, yeah, I know, but I'm trying to to uh, to balance my life, <laughs> kind of, yeah. and my private life as well. And um, yeah, this step I think it helped me a little bit being self-employed to um, see my friends more often. And um, yeah, but so you have no employment with Sport Eins? They they contract you? Um, it, it is kind of a I have a two-year contract. But I'm still mm -hmm. a freelance um, journalist. Ah, okay. So okay, interesting. Yeah. I did not even know that existed. I learned yeah, something new today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's existing. <clears throat> um, so they're basically, it, it works like that. They, uh, they are telling me, okay, you're going to get this amount of um, uh, jobs or money. And um, yeah, and basically that's, that's the contract for the two years. And mm -hmm. if I'm going to uh, work more for them, they'll have to pay me more. Um, mm -hmm. And I can do, besides Sport Irons, I can work for, for different companies as well. Is yeah. there any clauses in there who you can't work for? So could you, for example, go back and sky hire you for this or that and you could work for them? Maybe. Um, I, I would have to talk to Sport Irons about it. Um, mm -hmm. nowadays that's more possible than it was, uh, throughout the past 10 years, I think, because, um, there are so many channels covering the Bundesliga and different sports. So if you're working for just one of the channels and you're fully employed, obviously that's, that's not really, uh, a thing you can do work for a different channel then. But if you're, uh, self-employed, you need to talk to, to the channels and if they want that. Because some mm. of them, Sky used to be like that. They wanted to have their presenters and their experts uh, exclusively. But nowadays, since there are so many channels, um, they can't really uh, hold on to that because they, they can't um, pay enough money for <laughs> what people <laughs> need. And now maybe just as a last small topic, because you're self-employed now, you need to build your own brand like we're trying to do here in this podcast. How important is social media for you? It, it got uh, so important. Um, whenever I started studying, it was not a big deal. Nobody said, okay, if you want to be a presenter, you, you will have to have a proper social media account. Um, but nowadays, it's, it's very important because you will get jobs throughout Instagram. You will get jobs because people see you there. They see how you work 
how you look, how you talk. And uh, it kind of is your business card. It's kind of your business card, your homepage. Um, yeah, you're, you're showing the world who you are in the business world. And that's why you need it. And, um, and I mean, today I, I'm trying to play with it, to use it whenever I want to use it and when I, however it feels good for me. That's how I'm doing it. Sophie, how about you? Yeah, it's in, um, become more important in a sense of brand building, I think. Um, obviously, I do my talking on the pitch, so I can't show that on social media. Um, but it's connecting with fans, I guess. For people to get insight into who Sophie Howard is, they see me on a Sunday, um, but maybe what I get up to in day-to-day life. So they can connect with a person, not only the football player, but as we also discussed earlier, and I discussed it with Ollie last episode, there's a fine line between showing people who I am and letting them come into my private life too much. Um, and that's where I draw the line. I'm I'm very happy about sharing kind of what I get up to and what's important to me. I often use it as a promotional tool to get messages across that I want to get across. But there's a line that I draw is this is mine and this will stay away from social media kind of thing. It helps you to yeah. show what you're passionate about, which you can't show on the pitch. On the pitch, you yeah. play football and you try to, to achieve your goals. With the promotional tool social media, you can show how important it is for you to show your passionate side and, and who Sophie really is. Yeah, and that's what, what people are interested in, to see yeah. how the person really is, who she is, what, what she's up to, uh, what she's emotional about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what you tried to get in your interviews. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, on the other hand side, I can use it as a journalist. Um, I can look through Instagram um, to to get to know the players better, a little bit better, yeah. at least. It's almost getting to know the person to interview the person, not only the player. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm interested in, actually. I love... Um, to see what, what kind of person he or she really is. I think that's sometimes that's more interesting than, um, yeah, talking about the game. Yes, but, you know, having these, these little moments, these, these uh, human moments, uh, personal moments, yeah, special moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope we manage this in the podcast today as well, because I think yes. we're going to get to the end of the podcast. It's, we got some great insights, stuff we didn't know, well, a lot of stuff I didn't know about you, maybe some parts that Sophie didn't know about you. But thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much to, to being on the other side today, to answering questions and not asking <laughs> yeah. <them. laughs> yeah, it's different. But thank you so much for having me. It was very much fun. Thank you. It was so lovely seeing you again, even though it's on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and next time in Germany, we have to catch up somehow. Yes, we need to. But thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm coming back for Christmas. So maybe then we can figure something out if you're around. In London for Christmas because of the data world championship. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, this is how it's been going for about eight years. (laughs) That's when you see that the two have the jet set of life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Thanks so much for joining us, Kada. It was so, so interesting and so lovely to have you, not only as a TV presenter, but as a person on this podcast. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah, and thank you very much for everyone else listening in and we'll see you soon. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.